This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you like listening to Warriors in Their Own Words, check out our other show, the Medal of Honor podcast. The link is in the show description. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words. In partnership with The Honor Project, we've brought this podcast back at a time when our nation needs these stories more than ever. Warriors in Their Own Words is our attempt to present an unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. Thank you for listening, and by doing so, honoring those who have served. Last time on Warriors in Their Own Words, we heard from Chief Warrant Officer 2 Jim White, and today we'll hear the rest of his story. White served in the Marine Corps before transferring to the Army to become a helicopter pilot. After returning home from Vietnam, White was sent to prison, and he ended up spending 38 years behind bars. While incarcerated, he created a program that helped over 1,500 inmates earn college degrees and raised over $350,000 for various causes by organizing walkathons and fundraisers. So we jumped off uh, from Quang uh, Tree and went to Quezon, reopened Quezon. In fact, I was interviewed there by a newscaster, and he asked me what I thought of Quezon. And I said, I was here with the Marines in 68 when they threw us out. Actually, I'd flown there in 66 and 67 as well. And I said, when they're tired of us being here, they'll throw us out. And that's what happened. Um, three months later, we were, not even three months, two months later, we were out, ousted out of Quezon. But um, the missions um, I went to, I transferred to a CAV unit, and I went back to flying the little helicopters, the Loach 086s, and um that's, you know, that's treetop level, and it's very, um, if you're an adrenaline junkie, it's very exciting. But uh, I did that, and I stayed with them until uh, flying loaches until uh, the summer, probably, uh, I think it was in August, September, I left and came back to the States. I came back to Fort Bragg. And I was assigned to an aviation unit as the maintenance officer. The problem was that when I went and took my flight physical, I, I failed it. Uh, I've lost my hearing in my left ear. And that was due to some shrapnel. 
and probably uh, years of being around helicopters without any um, ear protection, which was common in the old days. Plus, flying, you didn't have ear protection other than a helmet back then. So I'm totally deaf in my left ear. I failed the, the uh, flight physical, and I um, I left the military. And um, even the military was very difficult for me because I loved it. I really, really loved it. And I had, at that time, 13 years invested in it. And I, to me, it was just uh, the greatest time of my life. And one of the reasons was that my dad was a doctor and he, he was a medical research guy and he was pretty well known. And I was an only child. And one of the problems was I was uh, always known as his, his son, his son. I was never known, even as a kid, as my own person. And when I went in the military, they didn't care who your dad was. Um, and this was really, for me, a, a great thing. I became my own man, so to speak. And um, so when I left the military, it was uh, shattering, let's just say that. I, um, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, the economy was uh, pretty rough back then. There weren't many helicopter jobs around, but I uh, was lucky enough that I got on and uh, flying first for an oil company, um, and then I went to work for a uh, a company that supported uh, flying uh, for the oil company called Aero Helicopters ERA in Alaska. And I flew with them for a while, but my wife uh, didn't want to live in Alaska between the cold weather. She just didn't want it. And I happened to, I really loved it, but I spent a couple of years doing that. I uh, went to Africa for uh, South Africa for a year flying there and then uh, came home to nothing. And um, I just, uh, was not happy. Uh, I did not use drugs, and I drank, but just purely socially, not, I wasn't an alcoholic. But I was just uh, angered uh, because I was no longer in the military and felt um, excluded from life. I had a couple of good job interviews, and they asked uh, my military, they said, were you in the military? I, I said, yeah, I was a helicopter pilot in Vietnam. And in both cases, they said, we'd rather not hire a Vietnam. Uh, we, get, um, we didn't want a Vietnam veteran. And so I came uh, to the West Coast. Uh, I was with them in North Carolina. We came out the West Coast and I uh, got a job in construction and um, enjoyed, per se, the work I did, it, but it wasn't rewarding like flying. And, um, but I, I did this for a while and then um, I got arrested uh, in 19, 1981. I got arrested. Um, 
I shot and killed the guy that had uh, molested my stepdaughter and, uh, and had beat my wife pretty severely. So uh, I um, was convicted for murder in the state of California and um, got received a uh, life without possibility of parole uh, sentence. And I believe, and this is, I'm not crying over it, but I believe the reason I got that sentence was that, um, and I'll quote the DA, I'm just another psychopathic Vietnam veteran let, let loose on society to kill at whim. Um, it was at the heart of, uh, you watch TV at night, the streets of San Francisco, all the cop shows, they were all about Vietnam veterans that were druggies, that were killing people, robbing people and all that. And so I understood the jury's thought pattern that this is just another crazy Vietnam veteran. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, my name is Joe Grogan. And I'm Eric Ulan for DCEKG. DCEKG is all about the how and why of Washington, D.C., what's going on, what's going on behind the headlines. We spend a lot of time talking about health care and economic policy, but frequently delve into trade policy and sometimes national security or whatever's happening on Capitol Hill. Between Joe and I, we have nearly five decades of Washington experience. We put that to work with our guests to explain to you what's going on in Washington. I always found myself calling Eric when I didn't understand what was happening and always found him to be really good at explaining to me some of the things that I wasn't seeing. And I hope our guests will get the same type of insights. I always found myself talking to Joe when I couldn't believe what I was seeing happening to understand exactly how the heck we got to where we were. Tune in to DCEKG anywhere podcasts or YouTubes are available. You won't regret it. to prison. I first went to um, Old Folsom. And when I got there, there were only about six, 700 inmates there at that time. And um, I did what I could to try to start a vets, vets group. There were quite a few veterans there. And, um, and a lot, and most of them were Vietnam vets. There were a lot of staff there that had, uh, served in the military and have been in Vietnam. But after four years there, I got transferred to San Quentin. And once again, I tied up with veterans. And one of the first ones I met, uh, and you have to understand there was a lot of racial tension within the prison community. And um, 
I've never really bought into that whole program. I just take somebody for what, how they treat me and how they act. I don't care about their their color, religion, or any of that stuff. And it, I just wasn't raised that way. And so I met this guy, um, and I saw him. His name was Geronimo Pratt. And apparently, Geronimo was the Minister of Defense for the Black Panthers. And he had uh, been convicted for uh, a murder, robbery, and also a shooting in uh, Southern California at a tennis court. And he claimed his innocence. He said he wasn't there and uh, it wasn't him. But anyway, he was convicted. And um, so he was, I found out he was a vet. And so he was a very influential inmate at the prison. And um, especially within the black community, he was very well uh, respected and influential. So one day, uh, we were in the same building. One day I walked up to the table where he was and I asked if I could speak to him. And he said, yeah, what do you want? And I said, I heard you're a Vietnam vet. And he said, yes. And I said, so am I. And I said, who were you with? And he said, the first calf. And I said, oh, okay. I said, I was a helicopter pilot with uh, Mac V. Sog. And for some reason, he and I clicked and we became dear friends literally quickly because of our Vietnam connection. And I understood, um, he, he, over time he explained why I was in prison. He did not kill those people and subsequently 30 years later, it was proven he did not kill the people that he wasn't even in in LA area. He was, the FBI was following him and he was in San Francisco when the murders happened. And the FBI knew it, but they never said anything. They could have proved his innocence because there was a letter from J. Edgar Hoover and I actually saw the letter um, to the San Francisco office not to say anything because they wanted he, uh, Mr. Pratt to be eliminated at all costs because of the Black Panther issue. Anyway, in our talks, he told me about a guy named Shad Meshad. Shad Meshad ran a National Veteran Foundation out of L.A., and he had come to, the, to a prison and talked to uh, a group of veterans, including Mr. Pratt, and uh, Geronimo said, this guy's really good. You ought to talk to him. So I wrote a letter in the blind to him and um, to Shad and explained who I was, how I found out about him, and um, basically asked him if he was ever in the area when he stopped by the prison, and we'll talk. Also during this time, I... Became, I had a pretty good job. I was a clerk for one of the associate wardens. And um, the chief deputy warden at that time was a guy who was, I found out, a former Marine, Quezon Marine, and he had been to Quezon. And I went to him and I said, you know, I'd like to start a vets group here at the prison. 
And the warden shot it down. He said, no, the warden at the time was not a vet, and he he looked at all Vietnam vets as problems. And the chief deputy said, uh, do all the paperwork, but hold it. And then a couple months later, about three months later, he called me up and he called me uh, to his office. I went in there and he said, look, the warden's on vacation, so give me the paperwork. I'm acting warden, and I'll I'll approve your group. And he did. And so we had a meeting. That first meeting I had, uh, I think I had 11 or 12 inmates and three staff members. And we decided to have a, a veterans group. And it was primary. it was Vietnam veterans. Uh, because there was a guy there that was a Korean War vet. We said we didn't want him in the group. So we wrote our bylaws for just Vietnam veterans. That was it. And um, I was the interim chairman and Geronimo was the interim vice chairman. And I said, one of the ways this group's gonna last is we have to do something positive in the community whether the community is the prison or outside. And so one of our guys, a man named Ralph Coleman, who was a former Marine at uh, the Battle of, uh, um, in 1965, Starlight, one of the first battles of uh, the Vietnam War. And uh, he said, uh, uh, how about let's raise money for Jerry's kids? So what we did was we had a walk-a-thon on the yard. And everybody, the staff, administration, they said, oh, it's not going to work. You guys are not going to do anything. And it turns out we raised uh, over $5,000 for Jerry's kids. And so then uh, we called up uh, Jerry's kids and said, hey, we got a check for you guys for $5,000 from... um, San Quentin prison. And uh, they wanted somebody from the prison to present it. So our, our sponsor, who was also a Vietnam Vet Air Force PJ, pararescueman, he went down uh, with an inmate who was on minimum custody and he took him down. They presented the check, was on the news. It was a big thing, really big thing. And uh, the newscaster said, you know, we were, uh, this was the largest check that they received from Marin County. And Marin County is one of the richest counties in California. And they made a real big thing of that. The warden came down and said, uh, congratulated us. And he called us his boys. This is the same warden that said he didn't want us have a group and uh so then um we started doing positive things for the prison we helped clean up a a, a hospital unit there we volunteered our time besides our work hours to paint it to clean it get it ready for an, a major inspection and uh then uh, i said let's have a banquet and so the administration approved of the banquet, and I invited Shad Mishad to the banquet. And he at the time was in Russia. And I had not physically met him. I had talked to him on the phone a couple of times and written quite a lot with him. 
So he came into the prison. He was our guest speaker. And among other things, we gave a uh, a $2,000 scholarship away to a young lady whose father was MIA and Vietnam Air Force pilot shot down. And once again, with Shad coming in, and 60 Minutes have just did his case. And when he was in Russia, dealing with the Russian uh, troops returning from their war in Afghanistan, we got a lot of news. We had three different stations, news coverage and everything about the vets and all. Our group then was about 45 members, and they were real active. I mean, really, really good. And um, in fact, uh, the chief deputy warden even said in his remarks at the banquet that uh, we had uh, made San Quentin a calmer place. We added maturity and what have you. That was Chief Warrant Officer 2, Jim White. If you're interested in learning more about Shad Mishad, who was mentioned in this episode, you can listen to our interview with him on this same feed. Thanks for listening to Warriors in Their Own Words. If you have any feedback, please email the team at kharbaugh at evergreenpodcast.com. We're always looking to improve the show. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review. Warriors in Their Own Words is a production of Evergreen Podcasts in partnership with The Honor Project. Our producer is Declan Roars. Bridget Coyne is our production director, and Sean Rule-Hoffman is our audio engineer. Special thanks to Evergreen executive producers Joan Andrews, Michael DeAloya, and David Moss. I'm Ken Harbaugh, and this is Warriors in Their Own Words. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.